0: every time
1: a proud member of the gonna Geek Network the opinions expressed are those of each individual check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready
0: because geekiness begins in three two one on this week's show which e3 press conference is the one you can't afford to miss we double back on the happy time murders and is Star Wars fandom at an all-time low all this and more,
2: Welcome to the PCC Multiverse, and we're
0: back for another episode of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you tuning in each and every week. It wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He is the legacy of Humanic Media you got to check out all of his great stuff on dot PopCultureCosmos.wordpress.com, the humanicomedia YouTube site, and all of their great podcasts now on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and so many other outlets. It's my good friend. It's Josh Peterson. Hope you're having a better time fighting the computers than I am, my friend.
3: I actually prefer the term Supreme Commander Deluxe of Humanica Media. So if you could please just get my title right um we just have a this
0: time it was legacy man it was legacy you gotta make up your mind
3: well you know like the uh, armada of ships i command my will changes with the wind so just get my title right and we won't have any problems all right i quit
0: (laughs) but it's gonna be a great episode we've got for you here today we've got Rob McCallum coming up in the Crossfire. He's going to talk about what's going on with the Happy Time murders and the future for that project. Also as well, we're going to be talking about Star Wars fandom. There's been a lot of stuff going on within the Star Wars fandom realm that have not been the best thing in the world. And we're going to talk about, is it still okay to be a Star Wars fan? We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Plus also as well, we're going to be talking about e3 press conferences which are the ones you need to see this coming weekend and then of course we've got a lot more to talk about with greg hall from we podcast and we know things that great show he is actually coming on our podcast in a little bit to talk about all the great stuff going on at e3 what he's looking forward to and so much more but first josh i want to talk to you real quick about your thoughts on the upcoming weekend at the movies. It's kind of a different type of weekend where there's three actually solid movies that are coming out in Oceans 8, Hereditary, and Hotel Artemis. Now I want to ask your thoughts on those pictures. Are you familiar with them? What are your thoughts on them? Oceans 8 I'm kind of excited for because the fact that It obviously emanates uh, somewhat in the Oceans universe because I loved Oceans 11, 12, and 13. So I definitely, at some point in time, I'm going to make an effort to go see Oceans 8. I know Hotel Artemis, a lot has been made in the news recently, not only because Jodie Foster is involved with the picture, but Dave Bautista coming off his success in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he's trying to get himself in a little bit more more prominent roles, larger stature. And one of some of the things he's talking about during the press tour for this movie is well, his thoughts on if he's going to return to the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if he's actually uh, <laughs> you know still dust in the wind after all, or if he's going to stay that way. Also, he talked about stuff going on within possibly if a Gears of War movie coming out, him wanting the role of Marcus Phoenix. Come on, Josh. I want to hear your thoughts on the three movies coming this weekend. Actually, one of the best rated movies of the year is also coming this weekend. And it's not the one you think.
3: First of all, let's all, I want the internet to just take a moment and, uh, focus on the fact that gerald said that he enjoyed oceans 13 so let's all just take a moment if you want to email at us at uh, popculturecosmos culture cosmos at yahoo.com and tell us how you feel about that comment we would love to reply please something tells me you're not a big fan of that picture no so if you want to sh- shame gerald uh i'm all ears i would love to communicate with you on that front but um
0: well, to make sure if you're, if you're commenting on me liking and, and thinking that Ocean's 13 is actually a pretty good movie, then also comment on the fact that he thought last year's King Arthur was a good movie as well, and Assassin's Creed, for that matter. So I mean, let's go down that road, man. Let's go down that
3: road. They all agree with me. So you notice how the email box is empty on that one. So thanks, guys, to the chat. <laughs> Um
0: all right fine man but it is going to be a great weekend for moviegoers because it looks like there's a little bit more of a choice. They're not must-see movies but they're actually movies that that look like for all intents and purposes that are pretty good watches, you know, out there for anyone that wants to go and hit the movies this weekend.
3: Right. So all right, Hotel Artemis really good, really interesting concept. That's a um Shane Black movie. Wait, who's who's making that? That's Cause Shane Blacks, I think, evolved with the Predators. Okay, wait. She, he, that's his movie though, right? Let me let me just double check. I, Hotel Artemis is a Oh, Drew Pierce. Okay, so Drew Pierce. So this movie actually looks really interesting to me because I've always that that's a really interesting concept. The idea of having a um a hospital for criminals. Like that's that's really cool. But it's also it, you know, what happens when you get all these criminals who you know, to them, it's it's a power struggle. So it's what happens when you get all these criminals who are enemies with each other in the same room. Do they call a truce or do they keep trying to fight each other? And the fact that it has Jeff Goldblum in it, you can't go wrong. Honestly, you cannot go wrong with a movie with Jeff Goldblum in it. You just can't. Like I went over to a buddy's house last weekend to play poker. He had a shower curtain with Jeff Goldblum on it. You just he's he's just a everybody loves him. You can't go wrong with him. Oceans Eight, on the other hand, I'm not excited about it whatsoever. And it's not because it's a female-powered movie that has nothing to do with it, though. If I go on Facebook and say that, much like I did Wonder Woman, I will be crucified and burned alive. But, you know, I loved Ocean's Eleven, loved Ocean's Twelve. Ocean's Thirteen was just is kind of boring, left a stale taste in my mouth. So Ocean's Eight is something I will probably watch when it comes out on uh, Blu-ray or digital. But, I, you know, despite it doing really well, I want to know, like, what... Not what the critics think, but what normal people think, because um, that, you know, that's the thing, too. It's an all-female cast. And th- this has nothing to do with my opinion, but I feel like that's going to sway the critics into saying this is a very good movie. They're not going to be able to look at it objectively. So I'm, I'm curious to, to what the average moviegoer is going to say about it. And I think that's going to decide whether or not I watch this flick. And, sorry, what was the third one?
0: Third one is actually one of the highest rated movies of the year. It is hereditary, a horror movie, and which could, of all the movies that have come out for A24, it could be their biggest opening ever for that small, ever-growing movie studio.
3: Well, okay, so when is the last time we had a legitimately good horror movie? And don't say Quiet Place or It, because those, those are big-budget horror movies. Those aren't exactly like your... Uh, average genuinely scary movie when's the last one that you can remember
0: well uh there was the one um well there was actually a few in a row remember i mean uh, it started to me with get out i think get out as is a, is a horror movie but then again you would you would, i would probably classify that with it and a quiet place as a what maybe a crossover horror type movie would, would you do that
3: yeah i mean like a, a big budget supernatural film
0: well, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying we've seen our share of small, low-budget horror movies still come out each and every year. In fact, we've talked about this on the show many times where all these small, low-budget films that are horror-related always seem to have those great openings, maybe another week behind it, and then they fizzle out. This one actually might have some legs because it is so well thought of by critics.
3: Right. So I, I teach high school and the, the students in my classes are, are talking about this movie. So, I mean, if this is this is a small it was originally a small movie, but it has such a big word of mouth with people, not just with like teenage kids, but with my friends and like my mom's friends and all these people who I've spent time in the company of. They're all talking about this movie. So that's what makes me believe that this is going to be. Uh, one of those movies that people aren't going to really care or wait to see what the critics say they're going to go straight out to see this movie because you know like I've said before being scared is such a novel feeling especially when you're watching you know when you're watching a movie so like this could be this could be a really big movie this could be huge for A24 but you know it's also has such an interesting story and I think that because the, the trailers are so vague that that's what's really appealing about it is because it has your supernatural stuff, it has your jump scares, but there's not a lot known about it. And I think that's the biggest factor leading people into see the movie this weekend is going to be the fact that they don't know much about it. What's going on, who, you know, what is causing the hauntings and all this good stuff. So I don't we I want to see it, but where do you stand on it?
0: If the word of mouth is as good as potentially it should be with a movie that has garnered such critical acclaim. In fact, it is right up there with some of the best movies of the year so far. I might actually have to go venture out and see this film. If not, I'm going to make an effort to go see it probably when it hits video real quickly. It's just the fact that this could be the biggest movie of A24's movie career so far. That movie studio has been that small little engine that could i, I believe X machina that came out that's an a24
3: pick is that correct yeah yeah that's right that came out at a24 as well um you know. that
0: might be the one that is actually of the ones that were garner the most money but it's the film company's actual biggest opening is it comes at night so it comes at night is the biggest opening so far and if Hereditary just even does $10 million, it's going to be the biggest opening ever for that. And yes, mind you, we're, it's very small potatoes compared to what a lot of these other big budget movies do, like uh, even Solo, which didn't do so well. Then you've got Deadpool, Avengers, Infinity War. I mean, they came out and, and you see how well they're doing. But when it comes to a small growing studio like A24... You got to give it props for for going at it and keep continuing to just slowly climb up the ladder with small movie after small movie after small movie. And sooner or later, maybe five, ten years down the line, they're going to create larger budget projects that will resonate even more with fans. And we'll all be remembering the days when movies like Hereditary came out that really turned the tide for them in their favor. Well, we'll certainly find out this weekend, and hopefully, we can talk more about it on our Monday episode and see if Ocean's Eight, Hereditary, and Hotel Artemis all three perform and exceed their expectations this weekend. What are your thoughts out there on this weekend at the movies? Are you excited about the three new entries that are coming out this weekend? Are you actually considering going back and seeing one of the other movies like Solo, like Avengers Infinity War, like Deadpool 2 instead of these three? Share us your thoughts, PopCultureCosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanity Media and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. Well, like I said, we've got a great show here for you today. Coming up next, we've got Ron McCallum in the middle of the Cosmic Crossfire. Also as well, we've got Greg Hall from We Podcast and We Know Things you got to check out that show today. He's going to be stopping by with his E3 thoughts. Along with that, Josh and I are also going to be talking a little E3 and of course, is it still okay to be a Star Wars fan? We're going to come up with that and a whole lot more. This is the PCC Multiverse. <laughs> Based on the webcomic by Sarumaru, FX-Unit Yuki is now available on the PC Engine and TurboGrafx systems. With eight varying stages of hardcore 2D action, an awesome soundtrack and intense boss battles, FX-Unit Yuki gets the adrenaline pumping as you navigate through its multiple difficulties and endings. Check out Old School Retro at its finest today by ordering a CD ROM copy of FX Unit Yuki for the PC engine or turbo graphics today at fxunityuki.com. That's fx dot com And we're back with another edition of the Cosmic Crossfire. This is Gerald, coming right back at you. We want to thank you so much for tuning in again and keeping in touch with us for today's program. But it wouldn't be a Cosmic Crossfire without my good friend. He is the man behind Rob McCallum Films. you got to check out everything at robmccallumfilms.com. All of his great projects, his great stuff going on, including Boxheart, the documentary, the He-Man documentary, Power of Grayskull, and so much more. It's my good friend. It's Rob McCallum. What's going on, man?
2: Same thing as always. Living life with a big smile on my face and digging a lot of the news that's coming out of the pop culture sphere. So it's always nice to look forward to sit down and chat with my good friend, Gerald Glassford. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes. I love that.
0: Same way and same style. that
2: Your voice message, by the way, has got to be. I don't know if interesting is the right word. I don't know if irritating is the right word. But your voice, anybody that calls Gerald, I hope he doesn't pick up the phone just so you can try to tolerate that voice message he's left. You know what? This is a good reason for everybody out there to return his calls. You're a sponsor. You're a radio station. You want to be part of the pop culture cosmos, the PCC multiverse, the Cosmic Crossfire. Give Gerald a call back just so you can hear his voicemail. Just try to do it. I can't guarantee you'll hear it, but you might. And if you do, you won't be disappointed.
0: Hey, I wanted to make an original, and I think I did a good job in doing so. so. <laughs> there
2: are so many things I would love to comment on said message, but we'll save that for another day.
0: Yes, well, thank you for shopping. But it <laughs> goes to my, back to my retail days, but we won't go there. But it's another beautiful day here, right here in Paradise, and there's so much to talk about in pop culture. So pray tell Rob what's going on in your world when it comes to pop culture.
2: Well, for those of you that don't know, The Happy Time Murders is that adult puppet comedy almost in the vein of Ted that's directed by Brian Henson and features Melissa McCarthy in a buddy cop film who teams up with a detective to figure out why stars of a 1980s puppet children show are being murdered across town. It is raunchy. It is very R-rated. Take it or leave it. It is adult humor. Uh, Their campaign came out saying, no sesame, all street, just to prove how hard-edged they are. And apparently uh, the owners of Sesame Street took offense of this and sued them for uh, trademark infringement and brand infringement saying that people are going to confuse this with the Sesame Street brand. We are not you know, upset by the, the kind of humor you're entitled to, whatever kind of humor you want. But because you're mentioning no, no street, at all Sesame, there seems to be some sort of tether or a liaison to the Sesame Street brand and we don't want it. And We've asked you many times to change your marketing and you haven't, so we're suing you. The case went before courts and the judge said, no, the tagline actually only reaffirms that this is not Sesame Street and has nothing to do with it. And basically awarded uh, the case in in favor of the people behind Happy Time Murders, who, according to their press release, also had a puppet lawyer on their side saying that it was ridiculous. So uh, we knew it was going to make waves. It it ruffled a lot of feathers with a lot of people. We had talked about it on, on the PCC before in the Crossfire uh, and whether it's going to be good press or bad press, it, it ends up being press, and the Happy Time Murders will, of course, move forward. Uh, it was never going to probably delay the release, just change the marketing, and maybe a fine or something like that, but it, it's going forward. What are, what are your thoughts on how that all transpired?
0: Well, I was hoping, or I was I was thinking, that it was actually going to go ahead and do something more, as and actually possibly shelve the film, and it was going to be one of those, uh, I guess, one of those lost entities that people will be scrounging for for years for years to come as far as to find out oh i want to check out that movie but it it never got released so how can we find a copy of it what and whatnot because it's it seemed like it was setting itself up to be something that was going to be one of those failed projects that would never come to light that would be something that would be hard to find and whatnot but you know what? Yeah, Credit to them. Credit to, I guess, the judicial system, even though a lot of people like yourself are not really interested in the project. It is something that I guess is disassociating itself while at the same time uh, kind of associating itself with the Sesame Street brand by mentioning it, but clearly saying it's trying not to be in quotations, of course. So, I, you know, I did watch the Happy Time Murders trailer again it doesn't really look that great uh, upon second viewing in fact it didn't really you know i just thought it was okay at first but it just really doesn't look like it's something that's going to go and and you know appear on the actual uh, theaters out there and actually be something that a lot of people are going to clamor for it might be actually something that's best served as something a streaming entity should pick up i.e. the Cloverfield Paradox, instead of actually going to theaters where it will tank, actually going on to a streaming service and maybe may finding an audience that just you know wants to tune into anything.
2: Well, I definitely think that going theatrical with it is, is a big mistake. I think it's only going to hurt other puppet potential projects or potential puppet projects from having any comparable sales at, at the box office to go forward. We saw that Dark Crystal is getting turned into a series, and that'll be on Netflix. So I would again assume that straight to streaming or vod is, uh, or something would be better this
0: is, a, this is an stx film correct that's right yeah so they're not even a large entity and a large player in the game so the way when it finally comes to distribution of the actual film it's not going to be distributed heavily and probably will not even be able to go to maybe what 2000 theaters because most of their releases are like are at best 2000 theaters
2: To be honest, I don't know their distribution reach or arm, but I just think it's a lot of money to spend to put a film like this in the theater that is questionable to begin with and then is for an R-rated audience, which typically only does well for horror films and comedies. And because this comedy is even a niche kind of comedy, because it's puppet related I think I think you're really uh, losing out on on some potential revenue there and even if you want to say that the theatrical run is is marketing dollars to bring awareness for when it does hit a streaming service and up the value whatever streaming deal there is there I still think dollars to dollars you'll you'll be ahead of the game not releasing it theatrically I think you can get more buzz and more marketing just getting it out there on its own I agree
0: agree 100% I think it's the wisest decision to go ahead and just put it there because if it fails in theaters it's not a guarantee that, oh, maybe I'll catch it in the, in the home video. Maybe a lot of people will just have that stain of actually, you know, it being a, a failed movie and, and just pass it on by.
2: I agree. I agree.
0: One last thing I got to ask you. One thing you're looking forward to hopefully being announced or being looked at more at E3 next week. E3. Oh, hush. You, know what E3 is. <laughs> you went to it last year.
2: It was two years ago at this point. Can oh, you two that? years ago.
0: That's right. To film to film box art, of course.
2: Yeah, I filmed box art at uh, E three in twenty sixteen. We cut an entire episode uh, from our time there, which was really great to see. I would really like to see you know uh, more about the Atari console, more about the new television console that's been announced, and will Sega ever get back into the console race? I just want to hear about all the new stuff that's coming out, the new IP, not the sequels that people are hoping for, not the remasters, not the reboots. Show me something that trends to my neck of the woods. As much as I've been steeped in gaming in the last few years, I've definitely been a little bit removed as I've come back to Canada and focused on films uh, and now screenwriting again. So I feel like I'm a little out of touch. So announce something big enough that even I hear about it as i'm off doing my own little thing in my little basement of the world so that's what i'm hoping for some big major new ip announcement that just looks incredible and i want to talk about it on the cosmic crossfire
0: that's awesome but there is a mini genesis console on the that doesn't
2: count that doesn't count that doesn't count doesn't count count. (laughs) okay there's been mini genesis for the last 10 years
0: fair enough fair enough I know, in retail form, you can get it pretty much at any retail store already. So yes, yes. Okay, okay. All right, that does it for the Cosmic Crossfire. Once again, Rob, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And of course, a part of the Pop Culture Cosmos.
2: Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games.
0: And we're back with the program. This is Gerald once again coming right back at you right here on the PCC Multiverse. Just want to let you know if you need our schedule for all of our programs and what's the latest and greatest going on with Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanic Media, Game Source and so much more. You got to check it out today on Pop Culture Cosmos our Facebook or Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter. You'll see a rundown always of what our stations are, where we're at because we're played on online radio 7 days a week. Also, as well, you'll see Josh's stuff from Humanic Media, his latest and greatest stuff going there. You'll also see the latest information and news and updates from the world of pop culture, whether it be movies, television, video games, comic books, sci-fi, you name it. We always throw bits and pieces up there from the universe out there that reports on it that I'm sure you'll like. So check us out today. Pop culture Cosmos on Facebook and of course Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter. And don't forget. If you're listening to this, there is still time to go to wheelieq.com. If you're interested, they've got a great Father's Day special. Two, and I mean two, great bottles of their awesome barbecue sauce. One very tasty rub. You can just go ahead and put all over your ribs next time you're grilling. They've got a great seasoning that you can add on to all your meats and vegetables and all that good stuff. All four of these things put together together. For just $22 plus free shipping. And I'll give you a heads up as well. Just between you and I. If you put in the code POD2 at checkout. You're going to go ahead and get yourself a extra 15% discount. That's right. POD2. That's POD2. Or you could go POD1. Pod 1 for the Pop Culture Cosmos show. There's also POD3, POD4 and POD5. Pod 3, Pod 4 and Pod 5 to cover our other great shows, the Super BS Gamescast, Inside Sports and Topic Oculips. I will say this, it's a kind of a nervous time right now going on in Star Wars universe because being a fan is uh, of the series is kind of hard because there's so much toxicity that's come out, not just because of solo and what we've seen from the last Jedi. I mean, this has obviously been emanating beforehand because they've been really rough on some of the stars of star Wars, including Daisy Ridley, but now Kelly Marie Tran from the last Jedi, both of those individuals won recently. Well, not so recently have shut off their social media accounts primarily Instagram because of the backlash of whatever's going on in the Star Wars universe because people are really being bullying and trolling them and and really saying unkind things that are unnecessary and and pretty much unneeded so I will say this that it's not a great sign for the Star Wars universe and for to be a Star Wars fan when you have so many ill-willed people speaking out on social media and saying just blatantly stupid things that that causes these individuals who are supposed to entertain us and for the masses they do unfortunately they're trying to make their lives miserable and forcing them off the social media outlets that they're on which is very sad compounded by the disappointment that is solo a star wars story financially these things make it really hard to be right now a a true Star Wars fan. So I ask you Josh, you know the latest on on what's going on with Kelly Marie Tran and her Instagram account. You also know what's going on with Solo a Star Wars story. Is it a very difficult time to be a Star Wars fan?
3: Okay, see I am actually kind of torn about this because from what I understand um Kelly Tran her name is uh she's She's done this before, you know, in the wake of the reception of other films that she's been in. So I don't know how much of this is like it's genuine or it's a ploy for attention or maybe it's a marketing scheme. Like, I'm hoping that it's genuine. But in either case, uh, I know Star Wars fans are like they're they're bad, man. And like, I don't know how much of this is them feeling backed into a corner of over like, uh, you know, just being burnt out on Star Wars and they're tired of just having it beat to death or if it's a uh, you know they're genuinely a bunch of jerks like I it's hard to tell it, it really is like Star Wars episode eight was it was in my opinion it was a just not a good movie it's, but you know I don't go out of my way to put the the people who made it down it's not their fault it's not the actor's fault it's the uh, if anything it's the fault of the studio and the people writing it but uh, you know, it's an it's an interesting time where, you know, a few what was it maybe back when the original trilogy came out, people couldn't voice their opinion in the way that they can today. Social media is this big platform where you can literally just tweet right to the director, producer, whatever. It's it's. did you see the um on Instagram they had uh, happy birthday messages to Kathleen Kennedy and a lot of them were very like, yeah, some of them were funny, but some were it very it, you know jokes and very poor taste like um yes were I, was, I saw sure. some of that yeah one very disappointing them, uh, one of them did make me laugh they said you're supposed to bring balance to the force not destroy it but <laughs> it was a um star wars fans like honestly like that just goes to show you it, it's it's ironic because you know we're a bunch of nerds you know and we we come from this subculture of nerds where we're used to being made fun of but we dish out such harsh criticism to anybody trying to please this subculture i don't know it's weird man have you ever noticed that well
0: it's very it's very disappointing to me that this culture uh, of people that still just slither on through the social media outlets out there that's all they want to seem to do is just throw this filth this vile this hatred out there when they could be turning it into something more positive and it's something that reinforces good feelings there's nothing wrong with sharing your opinion that i didn't like this movie didn't like that movie we share our opinion all the times on this show i mean we're not hesitant to do that i mean we shared our thoughts on on the three movies coming out this weekend earlier in the program so that's not the problem i have it's when you go ahead and inflict devastating harm to individuals and harass them and rip basically just you know keyboard warrior trying to go ahead and just send a whole bunch of of mean things that you would never say to them in real life that you would never do to them in real life and that you just still have the the gall to go ahead and do and it's just very it's very sad that that Star Wars fans quote unquote are doing this because the Star Wars fans that I know and that I get along with you know, we cannot like things in the Star Wars universe. We can like things in the Star Wars universe. I mean, the Boba Fett movie, when it was announced that it was under you know, writing and, and being directed by James Mangold, we didn't really care that he was doing it. Even though he's a very skilled writer and director, we just weren't interested in a Boba Fett movie and we're Star Wars fans. Now, does that mean you know that you should go out and start harassing us on social media? No, it, you shouldn't. It's our opinion. If you have a different one, which I know there are a lot of people that are actually are finding it cool that there's a Boba Fett movie on, perhaps on the way, that's fine. More power to you. We actually might not end up seeing it at the theaters anyways, just because it's there. You need to go ahead and take a chill pill if you really are that just hard up to go ahead and make people's lives miserable through social media. You just need to go ahead and look in the mirror and, and just see, is this what I really want to do with my life? And, and I don't know, it just, it's, there's so much more life. There's so much more out there in the world. That's so good to experience and whatnot. Is really harassing a star Wars actor or actress. Really the thing you should be doing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I know, man. It's like that, that old saying, like, we create our gods and our gods create us. Like we worship star Wars. We worship the pop culture. And in turn that creates the persona that we want to become. But, you know, at the same time, social media just amplifies everything. Just the existence of social media amplifies everything. And the fact that, you know, we can talk to whoever we want to, we can say whatever we want to. And if people are listening, people are clicking share, clicking like whatever it's getting it attention. So we are, creating the trolls and at the same time we are feeding the trolls and you know seeing a troll on a nobody loves more than you know obviously in the case you know Roseanne is a clear and uh clear example of this but like we we feed the trolls we create the trolls and the trolls go on a rampage and then the trolls just get more more fuel from people talking about it so it, it's it's a very complicated thing man and I wish that it wasn't but it's just it's It's sad, you know, and like what happened to the days, you know, people make movies. Sometimes the movies suck. Sometimes they're good. And it's just it's not you're the, the funny thing is it's not funny. But the sad thing is you're having all these people comment on things like really going to their out of their way to bash on things that they don't they wouldn't have the talent in a million years to create themselves. So it's it's very polarizing, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And it's who knows? Maybe the next Star Wars will be good. Maybe Fans are getting burnt out on Star Wars, but you're always going to have those people who say the originals were so good and they're going to want to bash it. You know, as as for the case of uh, Kelly Tran uh, shutting down her her social media accounts, like I said, like I I had read something where she had done this before. And who knows? Is it for attention? Is it genuine hurt? Nobody knows. Only she knows. But in either case and on either side of the uh, the playing field, social media just makes things that much worse.
0: It does. You're exactly right. I mean, social media in so many ways can be a positive as a form of communication, but we're finding out in the past few years that in many ways, social media can also be a definite negative as well. And if I was Alden Ironreich, I would reconsider my social media status as soon as you can, man, because you're going to be blamed for the death of the Star Wars universe and all that. You know, you're going to hear this all this stuff again that since Daisy and Kelly Marie Tran are not on there, guess who they're going to migrate to next because of the failure of Solo. I will say this. I'm still wearing my Star Wars stuff. I'm still wearing my T-shirts. I'm still proudly displaying my love for Star Wars. But sometimes the way these, these idiots out there are acting, it just makes it a little bit harder to do so at least for now but by the time star wars episode 9 comes out a year and a half goes by maybe there'll be some short memories and, and we could just go ahead and move on but like you said if episode 9 doesn't is is not up to snuff the trolls are just going to come right back up what are your thoughts on the star wars fandom out there are you tired of these individuals who seem to have the gall to go ahead and try and expound their thoughts on the Star Wars universe in such a negative and bullyish fashion. Share us your thoughts, PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and game stores on Facebook and Twitter as well. When we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit more about E3 because we have Greg Hall coming on the show. He's from We Podcast and We Know Things. And then before we head on out, Josh and I are going to have Our thoughts on the E3 press conferences you don't want to miss. This is the PCC Multiverse. Mm, Nothing's better when grilling your favorite meal than adding some delicious Wheelie Q rubs, seasonings, and gluten-free barbecue sauce. Made with the finest ingredients, Wheelie Q products pack a ton of flavor to your meals, whether it's ribs, chicken, steak, hamburgers, fries, or vegetables. To get your hands on some of these tasty Wheelie Q items, head on over to www.wheelieq.com and a portion of all profits made will go into finding a cure for spinal muscular atrophy. PCC Multiverse listeners, act now and get 15% off your order today just by entering the promo code POD2. That's P O D and the number 2 at checkout. For the tastiest food on the grill, Nothing's better than Wheelie Q items today at wheelieq.com. And we're back with the program. This is Gerald coming at you right here with the PCC Multiverse. E3 2018 is right around the corner. We're looking so forward to it as gamers, as consumers, on what these various video game companies are going to be announcing. And, well, if they haven't announced it already, my gosh, there's, uh, you know, so much that's already been announced so far, but... I want to talk to gamers and and their thoughts and ideas about what things they want to see coming out of E3, because E3 still holds a special place in all of our hearts when it comes to gamers and how important that is to the society known as gamers. So I got someone right here to talk about it, someone who really is in the know when it comes to video games. He is, dare I say, the main host? (laughs) One of
1: one of the main
0: hosts. Okay, well, you're appearing on our show. Let's say (laughs) the main host. No, I'm just kidding. I I love it. Yeah, all due respect. All due respect. He is one of the hosts of We Podcast and We Know Things. You gotta check it out today, and that's gonna be on Castbox, iTunes, Spotify, and so many other different outlets, just like ours. It is Greg Hall. Great to have you on the program today.
1: Thank you. Really appreciate being here. Looking forward to the conversation.
0: I am as well. And I tell you what, E3 2018 gets all of us gamers excited still, even after all these years, even after all these different companies have different ideas about the way they want to go ahead and announce and actually get people excited about their programs and their games and and everything that's coming out in the future when it comes to the video game scene. I know when I spoke to you before we went on the air, we were talking a little bit about the... Uh, you know, the specialness of E3, it's still there for me. And I think it's still there as far as the consumer, the regular consumer is concerned because things that do get announced at E3 still have a special place in the regular media. It still gets announced all over the place on CNN, Fox, you know, you name it. It still gets announced there if it's announced, you know, if it's said at E3. Do you think that people – do you think that these video game companies – are missing the boat when it comes to announcing all their stuff and trying to beat everyone else by announcing all these games beforehand and before E3 2018? I think it
1: has a lot to do with the concept of adapt or die. Uh, In this ever-changing world of technology, and specifically in the video game space, everybody wants to be at the forefront. Everybody wants to be the leader, the first person to break the news, the first person to set the trend. You had for years and years every company doing a press conference. Well, then what does Nintendo do a few years ago? They bring out puppets and do a pre-recorded 30 minute taping where we were all like, what the heck? There is nothing on the, you know, we want a press conference. But now it turns out we're looking forward to Nintendo's E3 Direct more than probably any other conference this year and uh, I believe Bethesda or I forget which company it is, I think it's Bethesda is following suit and doing a pre-recorded direct style presentation as opposed to an on, on stage conference so I think that it's, it's almost like a, a parody. Everybody wants to be the first, but once you see it be the first, everybody goes to copy it. We're seeing more and more games every year get announced before the show. Heck, PlayStation even came out with an announcement that they're going to announce an announcement. So we're gonna. they said we're going to announce one game a day from Wednesday through Saturday leading up to our press conference on I think it's Sunday or Monday night. Monday night. Okay. So, yes. so I mean – it's it's my favorite week of the year. It's my co-host, Sam. It's his favorite uh, week of the year. I think, you know, as we look forward to, you know, the predictions and the what ifs, it's all the what ifs. And it's funny because earlier you were going through, uh, you know, uh, the hype and the this. And in my head, I was like, and the disappointments because we've had plenty of those too. Um this but yeah, is true, I think very, it's, very, yeah.
0: very true. Very, very true.
1: And but, but I do think this is still the the place to be for the next you know seven days or so. It's the place to be.
0: For gamers, absolutely, and also for the general consumers as well, because it's that time when seeds are planted for later this holiday when the majority of video games are sold. Get that right away as far as little Timmy or <laughs> Andrea or whoever is out there as far as kids telling their parents, their grandparents, uncles, aunts, I want this game when it comes down, when it comes out later this year. I want this console because these games are coming out for it later this year. So those seeds start to get planted and it starts to get planted right now at E3 2018. So definitely it is a great time to be a part of the gaming scene. But I want to hear from you. Your thoughts on what you would like to see because, like you've said in the past, and I've actually been there for some of them the highs and the lows. Don't remind me about the Wii U press conference. That was just a major low of massive proportions. Or the Nintendo
1: 2008 entire conference with Wii music, with people up there just shaking the Wiimote drums. And uh, ah. that, that whole press conference was a nightmare. It's yes. funny that you say something about predictions, but also some don'ts. In my do's, I, I definitely have do's, but I also have don'ts. And you have to forgive me because uh, I don't have them sorted by company. I just kind of have them all over the place. They're in no particular order. And, uh, all
0: is forgiven. All yeah. is forgiven. I mean, if if I could sit through the Wii U press conference after driving all night, I'll, mm-hmm. even though most of my crew actually fell asleep and I was wanted to as well, we'll go ahead with that. No problem. Just any order you like. Just share with us your thoughts on what you're looking forward to with E3 2018. All right, insert knuckle cracking sound here because I got a
1: lot of them. Uh, we'll we'll breeze through some of the smaller ones, but there's a couple I really want to stick with. I am admittedly admittedly more of a Nintendo person I I grew up an Xbox gamer didn't get my first PlayStation console until later in the PS2 cycle but I've always been a Nintendo guy so even now growing up I just turned 30 I'm still a Nintendo guy I own every console and I actually own two Xbox ones so I am all over the place and I I would like to think of myself as unbiased but I do sway a little bit in the way of Nintendo so I'm going to start out there and I think I want to get the obvious out of the way first. The biggest game that they're going to have at their at their E3 briefing is going to be Super Smash Bros. Um, we don't know right now if it's going to be more of a port or is it going to be a brand new game? Is it going to be a mix of both? I tend to lean that way. I tend to lean that it's going to be a lot like Smash for Wii U uh, with the roster and stages and maybe even the uh, art style. But I think you're going to get a lot of... New things that make it feel like it's on the Switch. I think that from a character perspective, I have 11 characters for predictions, if you will, that I want to see. I'll take two. If they give me two of these 11, I'm happy. It's supposedly made by Bandai Namco, so I'd love to see Goku. Well,
0: well, they'll give it, they'll give all 11 out as amiibos.
1: Yeah, they sure will. (laughs) Some of these already have amiibos, which is crazy. Uh, I think they're going to do Goku. Well, I hope they're going to do Goku. I think crash bandicoot is going to be announced as a playable character with the insane trilogy coming to switch i also have another prediction about crash i think we may get spyro the dragon with the uh, reignited trilogy that has not been announced for switch yet but i think it could Uh, i think my big hype moment would be if waluigi gets announced as a playable character he's been swept under the rug for far too long he's the best nintendo character Uh, On my Twitter, I did a poll of who's the best Nintendo character Waluigi, 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 or Waluigi. Waluigi (laughs) won in a landslide. Uh, (laughs) I would love to see him. I think maybe we get Solaire from Dark Souls Remastered, uh, maybe even doing his pose, the sun pose from the Amiibo. You could get Shovel Knight. He already has an Amiibo, beautiful indie game, one of the best. King K. Rule has been from Donkey Kong, has been long rumored, never uh, to fruition. And then I have four ones that are kind of out there. Uh, would love to see them. Maybe they're a bit of a stretch, but what have you, I'm, I'm going for it. The Nintendo Labo robot is happening. We got, we fit trainer. We're getting some guy in the Labo robot costume. Would love that. Maybe even Minecraft, Steve, uh, or Banjo Kazooie. Microsoft owns both of those, but Phil Spencer has said to Nintendo on Twitter, Hey, you want to talk Banjo and in smash? We're down to talk. So you never know. And then lastly, Sora from Kingdom Hearts. That would be a huge moment for that if he gets announced for Smash Bros.
0: That's some excellent choices. I would throw in one more because of the extreme popularity right now and the fact that it's coming, I would probably say, in the next few days to Nintendo Switch. It will probably be announced at E3 2018 because it's already been rated by the MSRP, and that is Fortnite. So if you could get a familiar Fortnite character in that realm, or even um, if they decide to go out and, and get the Overwatch onto a Nintendo Switch platform, if you could actually squeeze it onto there, maybe even some Overwatch characters as well.
1: I think that from a Fortnite perspective, we've seen that the rating in the Korean board got approved, not even just leaked, approved. We see that data miners have come up with this Switch logo um, and and they're finding it in the Switch eShop already. So I think that that rumor, while it was one of my predictions before it got leaked out, it's going to happen. Let's just call that what it is. I think that a Fortnite character brings something to the Smash roster that nobody else has in the past to this extent, and that's defense. When you think about Fortnite, you think about, it's literally tower defense and instant building. And so maybe instead of a shield, they build a wall right in front of them really quick. Just some fun animations like Pac-Man and the Villager from Animal Crossing in Smash 4. There's a lot of possibilities if something like that were to happen with a Fortnite character.
0: Once again, it is Greg Hall. He is one part of a great team and they are both hosting The We Podcast and We Know Things Podcast. You got to check it out today on CastBox, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and so many other different outlets. They talk about not only gaming, but also movies, television, everything else we talk about. But they do also a great job in and of themselves because it is definitely for everyone out there. If you like your geek culture, your pop culture, or whatever type of culture, it's definitely a podcast you need to check into each and every week. Greg, you started off a Nintendo. So, well, let's go with PlayStation. What are some of the things that you're looking forward to? Because I'm sure you also, you've been very familiar with the PS4. That is still several years in its life cycle. We know PlayStation 5 is coming around the corner at some point in time in the near future. Sony has pretty much all but said it. What are some of the games you're still thinking that might be surprised, talked about, or what you're hopefully looking forward to with Sony at E3?
1: Sony is doing something a little different this year. They're really focusing on their big four titles. Spider-Man, Ghost of Tsushima from Sucker Punch, Death Stranding from Kojima, and The Last of Us Part Two. It's not going to be your traditional conference. I still think we're going to get third-party announcements, and I think
0: we are going to get a big reveal at the end of it. Do you think we'll get an update on Final Fantasy VII, the remake, which is now probably going on at least three four years now that has been in development?
1: If that is going to be announced, I would think that Square Enix is going to do it at their own conference. I know PlayStation did break the uh, original announcement back, I think, in 2015 or 16 about the remake. But I think Square would do it, I think, with Kingdom Hearts 3.0. potentially coming this year and getting a release date, probably this E3. I don't know if they're going to want to do both. I think it's going to be one or the other. I think we're still a ways off. If we're going to get an update on Final Fantasy VII, to me, that's a PSX announcement in December. That's where I kind of think you could make a bigger splash. It's got its own platform. You're not competing with the rest of E3. This is potentially going to be the biggest E3 ever. We say that every year, but this really could be. I think from a third-party perspective, They could announce a new Devil May Cry, Devil May Cry 5. Everybody's been looking forward to it. Capcom has kind of even said, we're working on it. They released the HD trilogy just a couple of months ago. I know my co-host would be the most hyped person on the planet if that comes true, but I think that's a game that could get announced. I think we're also going to hear about a new Crash Bandicoot game, an original Crash Bandicoot game, And what better stage than Sony's to unveil that at? So I think, yeah, while they're going to focus probably 20 minutes on the big four each game, we might even see Kojima come out and actually give us a demo of Death Stranding. Those are the two games I'm looking forward to the most from the Sony conference that we may get announced after those four games are done getting kind of the, the spotlight.
0: That's Some great thoughts indeed. Once again, it is Greg Hall from the We Podcast and We Know Things podcast, Again, check it out today on CastBox and so many other different outlets. I want to hear your thoughts. Why do people need to check out We Podcast and We Know Things?
1: I'm glad you asked. Uh, We are two best friends who've known each other for over 20 years who were in a grocery store one night and said, let's do a podcast. I had the pleasure of doing one over about eight years before this and and we are real. That's what we're going to give you, an uncensored fresh look at everything in the nerdy world. We are the source for all of your nerdy news in gaming, TV, film, music, pop culture, nerd culture, whatever. I always like to say, We're basically spreading the good word of nerd one episode at a time. So please check us out. Uh, It doesn't get more real than us. So thank you so much to everybody who's listened to this. And we hope to to have you come over and listen to us.
0: I've listened to a couple episodes already. It is definitely a must listen and is now part of my subscribe list. And you're definitely going to have to do the same because it is we podcast and we know things available on CastBox, iTunes, Stitcher, and so many other audio outlets tell you what greg it's been great talking e3 with you i would love for you to come back on the show any point in time to talk more not only about video games but like you said anything going on in the realm of pop culture you're always welcome back and definitely would love you to have you again be a part of what's going on right here at the pop culture cosmos we are the metal geeks podcast and on this show we have heavy metal comic books video games
3: Movies, theme parks, and more. Wait, wait, wait. Comics? Yep. And movies? Exactly. Video games? Yeah. Metal? Of course. How does theme parks fit
0: in this? It just does. All of us Metal Geeks can be found at MetalGeeks.net.
2: At Metal Geeks for Twitter. Metal Geeks on Instagram.
0: And Metal Geeks on the Facey Space. You can also find us on iTunes. Subscribe today. Metal Geeks. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald coming right back at you here with Josh Peterson. Just want to say thank you to Rob McCallum and Greg Hall for appearing on the show today. Monday, Josh, we're going to be talking more about all those great press conferences that we've seen so far, and hopefully we'll be getting a chance to see quite a few of them before we go back on the air on Monday. Of the press conferences this weekend that you're looking forward to, And there's going to be quite a few. And even the ones just before E3, what is the one conference you're looking forward to most, or the one that you think will have the most importance this E3? Uh,
3: Personally, I feel like Square Enix is going to have the most important press conference because they're the people who are really pulling for for the single player game, you know, out of all the groups there. So you have Ubisoft, you have Sony, Microsoft, whatever. Uh, Okay. There's two, okay. Square Enix, I think, has a very important thing because they're still pulling for the uh, single-player game, single-player platform, your Final Fantasies, your role-playing games, things like that. Uh, Project Octopath is huge for them on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, So I think that they have a lot in this race. And also, you know, like we talked about last week, Microsoft is important because they're it's a do or die moment for them. You know, they have their either, you know, if they show us more Forza, more connectability, more uh, backwards compatibility, more upscaling. Yeah. Careful when you say connect. Oh, yeah. Don't. Yeah. Hopefully no connect, but you know, yeah, those things are important, but they're not going to sell Xboxes. Not, not the Xbox one X is out. Nobody really cares about that anymore. What we want is we want first party content. uh, We want, you know, we want new AAA titles. We want, um, heck, even some third third party content. Like we, we just want original content. We want new IPs. We want, and this is important for them too because they need to lean. It might even help them to lean heavily on some old IP addresses like Fable, Halo. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. There's some gears other of war. Things, gears of War. There's some other things out there. I'm sure that they haven't touched in a while besides those three major players, but this is important for them. Like they need to prove time and time again this year, Phil Spencer has said, we we know that we have a need for uh, exclusive content and new IP addresses and we are working on it. So this is their time. This is the opportunity for them to prove to us that they are actually doing these things.
0: Well, I agree with you, my friend. I think of all of them, I think Xbox needs to have the biggest one Of all of them, it needs to hit the home run. It needs to hit the Grand Slam because they can have the best and brightest outlook for this year that they've had in a long time if they come off well. Because right now it's kind of tenuous with Nintendo and Sony They're kind of both in kind of a state of flux with Nintendo's writing a lot of its hopes on the Super Smash Brothers, whether it's a remake or an all new version, we don't quite know yet. And what else are they going to bring out? So that's kind of, eh, we don't know what's going on there. We think that they're going to bring out enough to be the major player this holiday, but we're not quite sure. PlayStation, we know what's coming down the pike as far as a good portion of their titles with The Last of Us 2. Days Gone, you know, obviously a couple of the other titles, the Spider-Man title as well. And then there's other titles that they've got down the pike that are that are also very good. So I they're obviously going to bring out some other stuff that they're going to be in development for, but they're starting to wind down the PlayStation 4 as far as in importance, because we all know PlayStation 5 is around the corner. That is going to be something that they're going to be debuting maybe 2019, maybe 2020. We're not quite sure. So they're gearing up for that. So their focus is not all the 100% on what's going on in the marketplace currently. So now is the time more than any for Xbox to really, really step up to the plate and hit a home run, hit a grand slam and produce some quality games on the way very soon, not Two, three years down the line, they need to make a difference and they need to make it right away. What are your thoughts on the E3 press conferences? Which ones are you excited for the most? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, also as well, popculturecosmos, humanity media, and game source on Facebook and Twitter as well. So, Josh, I think we're heading on out here. We actually made it through. I'm kind of surprised with the antique of a laptop I'm using right now. But tell you what, man, it's E3 2018 around the corner. I know you'll be there for a lot of interviews. You've already been booking them. So you're excited to be going to another E3?
3: To me, the the big excitement is seeing what these non-first-party publishers are pushing, uh, non-Microsoft-funded studios are pushing I Okay, so I talked to a guy, we talked to a guy on the Super BS Gamescast where he was bragging about how the future is in VR and he was talking about you know raw data and all those games that we watched last year uh, when we went to E3 and he's singing praises about those games and that was a big thing last year at E3 was VR. I'm curious to see what kind of presence that is going to have at this year's E3. Do people still feel like it's a future much like 3D movies or is it kind of something that's going to be phasing out soon?
0: So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day right here in the BCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast.
2: This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the T Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.
3: Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com.